0: global business news 24 hours a day at bloomberg.com the
1: radio plus mobile app
0: and on your radio this is a bloomberg business flash from bloomberg world headquarters i'm charlie pellet 13 minutes to go ahead of the close on a thursday stock selling off we've got the s&p down 18 points now a drop of nine tenths of one percent stocks heading toward the biggest drop in three weeks apple leading an afternoon sell-off in technology shares overshadowing all of those corporate deals and strong Results from Facebook. Facebook up now by seven and a half percent to one seventeen oh six. So here's where we stand ahead of the close. The Dow down one hundred ninety five points, a drop of one point one percent. Nasdaq is down forty eight points, a drop of one percent. Tenure up seven thirty seconds. Yield there one point eight two percent. Gold up twenty twenty the ounce to twelve seventy, a gain of one point six percent. And crude up eight tenths of one percent. 4569 on West Texas Intermediate Crew. I'm Charlie Peloton. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen
1: Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. What to do with your money in an investment environment where rates are low and equities seem to be range-bound? Let's find out from Jeff Morris. He is the head of U.S. equities for Standard Life Investments. They are based in Boston, home to Bloomberg 1200 AM, and he joins us in the studio. Jeff, thanks very much for being with us. Good afternoon. All right, so just give us the top-down look right now about the investment world, right? Can't get much by buying government bonds. Right. Stocks can either make you nervous or at least range bound for the time being. And commodities, well we've all known what happens to the price of oil when we're not looking. So what do you do?
2: Well, I'm focused on the on the equity market and and I have to say that uh, given where the valuations are for for US equities, I wouldn't recommend you know, broad exposure. I think it's important for investors to look at a selective investment ideas. You know, for the longest time, the beta trade worked for uh, for for investors. And you What's know, go the beta,
1: tell people what the beta so, trade. Sorry,
2: is. The, be, right. the the beta trade is just playing the uh, the rising tide as as stocks, momentum as, as the, stocks move up. Broad, from the
3: market goes up, so you can buy anything.
2: The market goes up. When you think about how we came out of the financial crisis, there was ample despair. You know, valuations were lower, and now the market is, has moved up has escalated for some time, and now it seems to be just chopping sideways, trying to digest this environment of slow growth and relatively high valuation. So it's really a time, I think, that, um, that someone has to be more focused in how they think about the market.
3: So what is your methodology to do that? We've been, we're about halfway through earnings season. Dave Wilson, our stocks that are noted that we're about just past the halfway mark for the S&P mm-hmm. 500. Uh, what what? How do you then decide? First, you start with an industry. How do you just choose an industry, and how how do you choose your individual companies?
2: Well, at Standard Life Investments, we use a focus on change investment philosophy. So we're looking for times when when there's change occurring with companies or industries. We feel like during those transitions, then the market doesn't really price in what's what's happening, and that's opportunities to buy, you know, an, an undervalued security. So we really have not understand, you know, where there is where there is change occurring. Uh,
3: th- what would
2: the- be an example of that right now? Well, then right now in, in in technology, there's there's a, there's a lot that's that's going on. We have old technology and new technology. You know, one of the companies I know is an opportune time to talk about it. but Facebook is one that we've held uh, substantial positioning, doing well today. We really feel like there's a lot of a lot of transition that we're going to see. As as media buying goes from you know older sources to to more uh, more more digital source of, uh, of of advertising, so that's that's an example where change is occurring. There's also change occurring in in, in older companies too, and, and and more established companies. I was thinking, for example, change in the aerospace industry because
1: you have more efficient jetliners. I wonder if you could speak to the issue of aerospace
2: and defense. So for commercial aerospace we've been through a, a long up cycle and, and we've seen the orders that Boeing has has received uh, you know an order from from China Eastern today but there's been a long upcycle in fact the market's really trying to digest Boeing right now and understand if maybe that order cycle is starting to exhaust itself somewhat. Uh, both Boeing and Airbus got orders for about you know a thousand plus jets last year. So far this year, it's maybe one hundred and fifty two hundred. So it really feels like that order uh, pipeline is starting to, to to soften. So that's one thing where you have to understand now. You know the focus on change philosophy. You're looking is are we seeing a change here in the commercial aerospace cycle, and is it starting to soften? On on defense. Yeah, you know, there's the the demand is, uh, the demand is increasing overseas for, for defense assets. As, uh, you can just look at the headlines and understand where that comes from. But then also the domestic defense budget is starting to inflect higher. And finally, we're starting to see some growth in, in that domestic spending, which is benefiting, you know, many of the large defense primes, some of which we've, uh, we've invested in.
3: Is an industry like defense one that is by necessity, where you ha- you're you watching the elections, not so much like sentiment and all that, but, you know, at some point, do you, does your team have to assess, boy oh boy, if Trump's the president or Hillary Clinton or whoever it is, if the, and of course the Congress is so important here too, right? If Republicans control the House, etc., that how, I would think that's something where you really have to focus very closely on policy, because spending, driving defense and driving these companies is the biggest thing.
2: Clearly, the defense budget is, is something to keep an eye on. You know, the uh, the analysis over over many decades and many different political parties in in the White House and in Congress indicates it's it's there's not a tight correlation between which parties in power. It's really the threat environment that drives defense spending, and and that's what we're we're looking at. We're thinking about how you know what's what's the evolution. A, a, a powerful change that's going on in the defense industry is is to try, to create a. Um, a more technologically advanced soldier, you know, with more modern equipment, and and that spending is really accruing to those that are providing the best in the way of defense assets. So there's there's sort of a technological change, but then also, you know, unfortunately, the threat environment is right now that uh, that, that that spending needs to uh, needs to increase. I was just going to bring up the topic of you get these big contracts,
1: and then they have a life seemingly of their own. For example, the contract for the F thirty five Joint Strike fighter, right, Lockheed Martin, because I was noting that the Pentagon's top weapons tester was uh, explaining to Congress earlier this week that the F-35 remains immature and provides limited combat capability, and yet they just ordered 11 more aircraft. So is that the kind of company? What what do you want to hear from a defense contractor that makes you confident
2: to want to be a shareholder? What you want to hear is, is is a few things. First of all, that the new programs are, are progressing as anticipated. That the Joint Strike Fighter has been in the news for for years in terms of having a variety of of technical issues here and there. But it's but it's a solid program. In fact, you know the the capability that comes from a fifth generation fighter is is just crucial um, in the world that that we live in. Uh, I think that uh, one has to realize the complexity of, of, of this program. This is one of the most sophisticated pieces of technology that people have ever really created, so that's um – it's understandable there's going to be parts of it that uh, you know occasionally will be glitches from time to time but it's 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 moved along you know they're getting to the point where they're seeing larger and larger contracts for it and it's and there's also you know relatively strong international demand as well as well too so one of the things you want to look for the defense contractors are the solid are the major programs are they solid and then also what do they do with the capital and that's one thing that lockheed has done an exceptional job with is returning capital to shareholders in the form of share repurchases of or elevated dividends, and this is something that investors have really appreciated over over a number of years.
3: How do the uh, big players in aerospace and defense stack up for you? You just mentioned Lockheed, but Boeing, Raytheon, General Dynamics, etc.
2: So we've been uh, we've been selective amongst the uh, uh, aerospace and defense companies. So we, we we don't own any Boeing right now. We feel like it's a fantastic company with a large backlog uh but feel like the shares are 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 fully valued. Uh we like companies uh you know Raytheon is a company that reported today and and there's a little bit of concern about the margins but they're very well placed to participate in international growth. So we like that that particular stock. Uh we also, you know Rockwell Collins is one that's that's attractive as well too. Uh they're a component supplier both on the commercial aerospace on on the defense side. So we're able to find our um you know find our find our spots there and, and and there's uh you know there's opportunity when when you're looking for changes occurring in industries and companies you know uh Rockwell Collins is one where they they're they're participating in some of these new narrow bodies like like Boeing's new 737 um that's that's going to be a powerful driver for their for their fundamentals going forward can i get your thoughts on the finance and banking industry for
1: example maybe not huge banks but you know first republic as well
2: as maybe charles schwab and then a big bank, Citigroup. So, you know, with First Republic, this is one that we uh, that we, that we really like. They have an opportunity to expand their wealth management business. It's it's a geographic expansion story as they build out from their heritage in San Francisco and and into other other markets in the Northeast. Uh, they're doing a great job of uh, acquiring more my financial advisors and more wealth management assets. And we think that's something that they can they have room to run. Many of the larger banks, as you mentioned, Citi, really have a difficult time. Growing at, you know, growing at rates that are, you know, quite frankly any faster than the overall economy. So a smaller bank has that, has that opportunity to be able to grow. Also the regulatory burden is, is, is much less on those, on those smaller banks. Charles Schwab is, is, is also, uh, you know, a a stock with a very attractive, um, it's attractive in the, in the sense that they're able to, to gather, uh, gather assets and, and they've been able to, we think about innovation that's occurring. It's been one of the most innovative companies in, in financial services with, uh, you know, the innovation of, of discount brokerage and the RIA business and so forth. So that's, it's, it's one that we like. They're also, uh, very well positioned to benefit from when interest rates, when short-term rates ever start to increase. Who knows when that'll be? But uh, at some point, we'll start to see rates go up, and and Charles Schwab by their uh, by their balance sheet is, is is positioned well to benefit from that.
3: Jeff Morris, thank you so much for joining us today, right here in our Bloomberg News studio in New York City.
2: Thank you very much. Glad to be here.
3: He is head of U.S. equities at Standard Life Investments. He is interested in the defense and aerospace industry. Looks for change-driven companies. This is taking stock on Bloomberg Radio.